I'm Kevin H. I'm Kevin C. And I'm a Seth. And this is the Dark, Dark Windows, Windows Podcast. So just a disclaimer, we are going to talk about some things that people might not be super comfortable with. We're going to use some language, language that people are not going to be super comfortable with. That's adult language. So, Expletives. So sit back. Relax. And enjoy the show. Or not. That's cool, too. What's going on, everybody? Howdy, y'all. What's going on, you internet beautiful people? How are you guys doing this week? Uh, I was sick and then felt like crap, but hey, man, I'm alive. I'm here. Well, I'm glad. Here, with, here with you beautiful, lovely people. I'm glad you're de- not dead because that would make this really weird to talk to you like this. Yeah, because apparently people don't like paranormal. No, I mean, there's oh, no wait. there's no like medium or anything to like channel you through. No, I would literally force myself to... I would literally force myself to mess with you guys nonstop. You're like, hey, guess what? Dun dun. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking thing. Anyway, before we get going too far, we want to uh, talk about your sweet, sweet studio headphones. Yeah. The vehicle to our delicious ear candy. Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 That's boy. That works. Trust me. I, I talked like I talked with Kino about the whole ear candy thing. So if you go to studio.com, you find something you like, you throw it in your cart at checkout, you put in dark windows, all one word, and you will get 15% off of your order. And they usually do cool stuff like giving you a free gift with it. Like when I ordered mine, I got a bag, uh, like a little canvas bag, which is neat. I think they're doing coasters now. Really? I gotta get some, yeah. I, that means I finally got to get rid of these pieces of crap. Yep. I don't get anything free with them. Just my ear sweats. Speaking of, speaking of ear sweat, you got some people you want to talk about, right? Dude, your, tra- your transitions are like getting worse and worse by like the week. If my segues were any worse, there'd be a shopping cart. I think the shopping cart would be better <laughs> than your segue. Probably. So what they're talking about is something I've talked about multiple times. And you know what? It's not my fault if your people aren't listening. We're talking about the hobby holder. The hobby holder is a great two-in-one little multi-purpose hobby painting tool for your miniatures if you're into painting miniatures like myself or you know somebody else that is into painting miniatures like myself then you head over to gameenvycreations.net and guess what you will go over there and you'll find yourself a sweet hobby holder in the colors that you like and yes i said colors because guess what the base and the handle can be two totally different colors yep it's amazing and then you're like, you know what? I want to get somebody else one of these things. Hmm, that means two. I wish there was a promo code I could use. Oh, wait. There is, folks. But wait, there's more. There's a sweet promo code. And guess what? It's that word that I keep spelling. Not broadstone. It's broadstone. I don't want to spell it, folks. Should I? No. 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 I think, I'm not I think, going to, I think we got it. I'm not going to spell it this time, folks. That means you got to do your homework. Think about it. And then you put in that sweet promo code at checkout, and then you will save yourself $2 off each hobby holder. So if you have two of them in there, that's $4 off. If you have more in there, that's more dollars off. Yes. Maths. That's all I got. You know why? Because I want to know more about what's right. going on. You know who wasn't fucking awesome? Well, these two guys that we're going to talk these about. These shit pigs that we're about to finish talking about. Yes. Episode three. Yeah. Of. North Hollywood Bank Shootout coming I, your way. I right think it's now. I think it's safe to say we could call this the dramatic conclusion dun, to dun, the entire dun. thing. Oh wait, you... boom, boom. <laughs> dramatic conclusion. Oh, boom, uh, boom. Not, yeah, okay, hold on. I think we can actually refer to this as the dram- 
Let me order any. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, let me get there. So you were saying something before we started. It turns out you actually did watch Heat finally. I did. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you think? Yeah, it was good. Dude, Henry was, Rollins I was, was awesome. I was pissed that Val Kilmer survived. Why? Val Kilmer's awesome. He's a beautiful man. No, the two most badass guys in the whole goddamn movie just sat there and did a shootout. You know, I mean... But Val Kilmer had to survive. Why? Because of He's all... He's Val of- Kilmer. He had to go on and portray Batman with nipples. That's true. Exactly. Actually, no, that was George Clooney. But of all the characters in that movie, other than Tom Sizemore, he had the most to lose. That's true. Because Sizemore had a wife and kid. He had a wife. And a kid. Yeah, that's true. They did have a kid. So mm-hmm. he had the most to lose. So you kind of have to pull for him, even though he's a dickhead. And his wife betrayed the cops, and yeah. but didn't let them know that. You got it ready? Okay. So this is actually going to be the dramatic conclusion of the North Hollywood Bank shootout. Fair use! Yeah! <laughs> Can we do that again? <laughs> Fair use. No, we gotta keep it. <laughs> I think we all have to yell it, though. No, I'm going to yell uh, it because it's my button. Oh, oh fine. <laughs> Every time I hit him, we yell Fair Use. Uh, okay, so we're going to pick up where we left off last week. Uh, Larry Phillips was now walking down the sidewalk where moments ago he'd started the gunfight with police. What a crazy lunatic. Yeah, right. I mean, he at this point in time, he's got a duffel bag full of cash with $303,305. That is way too many threes. It is a lot of threes. And we were trying to figure out, I don't know how much that would weigh. A lot. I mean, the duffel bag, you're looking at probably a couple of pounds. Who gives a shit? But that's a lot of money. Especially with also the body armor, too, that they made, and weapons, and ammunition, and insanity. Yeah, and you're on a muscle relaxer. <laughs> Yeah. Good luck. I just want to take a nap. Dude, I I can't fucking walk from the kitchen to my bedroom on a muscle relaxer. I can't imagine how these guys were like, meh, let's go shoot a bunch of fucking cops. That'd be fine. Jesus. So he's got the bag slung over his shoulder. He's got his uh, his Norinco Type 56 in his hands. At this point in time, three of the die packs in the bag, unknown to them, had detonated. So it looked like the blue man group blew a... Never mind. (laughs) There was a bunch of Smurfs in there, and they smashed them into the money. <laughs> but it didn't it didn't destroy all the money because a lot of it was actually bricked and wrapped in plastic. It was bricked and wrapped in plastic from the vault. So Phillips moved somehow unseen by the officers. You can't see me. I'm a ninja. <laughs> he John Cena'd his way down the sidewalk. <laughs> um, but as he's doing this, uh, Emil Matasaranu is giving him some pretty inaccurate cover fire from the vestibule um yeah he's one of those spray and pray guys we talked about but like we were talking about with the motorcycles in the first episode where you know he had to have the coolest bike and had to be super fast blah 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 even though he didn't have the skill to use it i think it was the same thing here with the guns where he wanted to have cool badass guns maybe he can't shoot so good which he can't yeah and being a gun nut guy he can't shoot yeah what the fuck I know some guys that are gun nut guys that can't shoot because they literally just have it as a uh, a status sure, symbol. Yeah. yeah, like, hey, look what I have. See all this great stuff? Oh, yeah, can you do anything with it? Yeah. It's a point-and-click interface. <laughs> but what they don't realize, it actually takes like a lot of actual Repet- know-how how to use these yeah. things. Repetition, practice. Yeah. 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 
So as Phillips reached the Chevy celebrity that they had arrived in, he dropped the money by the passenger's door and grabbed a fresh ammo belt from the trunk. He's now loaded back up and would spend the next 22 minutes in this small area of the parking lot. With uh, with the change of location, the dynamic of the fight actually changed pretty dramatically as well. Well, it makes sense because now you, depending on where you park, if your back is against a wall, now mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about anybody coming up behind you. If you're, sometimes there's a T-junction to the parking lot due to concrete, right? you can now put yourself there, but now you have to worry about someone coming over that uh, over the barrier that can try to shoot around you or try to loop around you. Depending on where your situations are and what's going on, now everybody has to readjust. The players on the board, essentially, right. in weird gaming sense, you have to adjust for the conditions of yeah, cause the battle. South, the guys from the south, the cops would have to move up, but then but then you still have Mata Serrano, who's still at the bank, I'm yeah, guessing, he's, right? Yeah, he's still in the uh, he's still in the vestibule of the bank. And then there's the gentleman that was by the tree that had his legs shot almost in half. Yeah. Depending on where he is, he may now be in cover where before he could have been or he would have been in cover. He could be now in clear line of shot. Yeah. So well, the way it, the way it kind of worked is when they got back out to the car, they had the bank wall was was like behind him. Mm-hmm. But the other end of the bank was still wide open. So he had a wall to his back, but it was a long wall. And then it cornered off where the uh, the ATM drive through. Yeah. Like the Yeah. Like where it you looks go to like that's what the, yeah, exactly. Pictures. Mm-hmm. So he. We'll get into that because that was a, a big thing, but he had a wall to him, but it wasn't solid and like yeah, he, stopped at the other side, which kind of could have probably screwed him in the long run. I'm he, guessing. Yeah. And if, if SWAT had been on scene from the beginning, he would have been fucked at this point in time because he boxed himself. Drink. So Mata Serrano is at this point in time still firing from the ATM lobby. Phillips is fighting from the parking lot where he could move from car to car and use him as cover. He also had walls on two sides of him and a lot of cover and concealment from like bushes, vehicles, trees. Like we said exactly. Uh, now here's a here's a question: Why didn't Phillips hold position and just wait for Mata Serrano to get in the car so they can make their getaway? Because at this point in time, the car's still running perfectly fine. They've got the cops outgunned. They could get the fuck out of here. Muscle relaxers, mm. probably. My, yeah, but, but you make gotta, them a little dizzy, a little you know, like confused by things, depending on how much they're on, adrenaline, and that are fighting each other. Only way you could have got out though would be to go around the back side of the building. They would have had to have gotten. No, in. they they could have gone right out of the parking lot the same way they came in. Yeah, but you go north or south, you're going to get shot at. Oh, it could have been also the fact that they pulled into the parking spot rather than backing in. That could be it too. But you also have to remember dumb. there was a ton of little side streets that the police didn't have blocked off at this time. But getting out of there, I mean, you have you, you have T intersection up top, up north. You have a T intersection down south. They could have done it the exact same way that they ended up doing it, but they could have done it sooner and gotten away. Where you have one guy walking with the vehicle, providing cover fire until you get to an open street, hop in, true, and you fucking true, beat feet true. get out. True. I my theory is I think they want he wanted to kill people. I don't think he this was in it just for the money. I think he was in it to try to kill as many cops as he could and then get away. Or they could have just done it heat style and just went guns blazing right at the cops. Just open fire. That's essentially what they do. Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Try to build your star level up as high as it'll go, then disappear and see how far you can get. So they they clearly have the police outgunned. So like why they didn't just take off again, no idea. Uh, So Phillips then moved to the northeast uh, because he knew that the police could outflank him from the drive-through ATM lane, like we were just talking about, uh, the robbers ha- had really done their homework 
pretty well with this. Um, they knew every point of exit, every street, every side road in the in the entire area. They knew they had multiple different contingency plans for getting away, like what streets they could take. They had actually they'd actually cased the bank for a couple of weeks prior to robbing it. So again, these guys knew what they were doing. Huh. Uh, Phillips and Montesarano didn't know it yet, but the tide was turning against them very quickly. 30 seconds after Phillips made his move to the car, Montesarano followed in his footsteps. This this part they had planned out. As soon as he took off, Montesarano hit his, his stopwatch, watched for 30 seconds, and as soon as the 30 seconds hit, he moved following him. <laughs> At this point in time, he was struck in the head by a round fired from the from his left side. This oh, was oh, which one was who? Emil Matasarano was shot in the head while he was going. Okay, right now since we're getting into shots being fired, make sure to let me know or let us know who's taking what because uh, from what I've heard you talk about before we started recording, there's a lot of bullets that are going to hit oh, these gentlemen. Yeah. Okay, so Matasarano is now at one, one in one time being shot. Okay, hold on. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to have a little count of this. I'm going to make it a little... Uh, I'm going to get the calculator up. Hold on, folks. So we okay. got one for Montesarano mm-hmm. and none for Phillips. Okay. Right. Let her rip, tater chip. So while, while following Larry Phillips, like I just said, he was struck in the head. Uh, the round tore a 5 eighths inch furrow between his right eyebrow and his upper eyelid. Oh. So he, he, got, he got shot in the face and it caught like almost hit him in the eyeball. Um, and still kept going. Yeah. The the effect that it had was he dropped to a knee at the hood of the Chevy and put his hand to his face. He did this a couple of times, and as he did, he was leaving just tons, like tons of blood on the hood of the car. Well, yeah. Because he keeps touching his face. And if you've ever cut your face or your head, you bleed like a stuck pig anyway. You could like cut yourself shaving and it yeah, bleeds Yeah, that's forever. the reason why usually a lot of times like MMA fighters or uh, boxers or anybody that gets cut above the eyebrow, it just keeps going yep. and then swelling happens and it gets worse. And you're sweating and it's, you know, it's... It's bad news. Because uh, when was this? I'm sorry. I don't... What, what time of year was this? This is in February in California. Okay, so still kind of not... 60s, huh. 50s, 60s, yes. 70s, something yes. like that. Yeah, 50 to 70, somewhere in there, I would guess. I okay, didn't, so I didn't look at the... it's not stifling. No, but... but you have to remember the amount of shit that these guys are carrying. Yeah, we're and on. what they're on. So, Matasarano was hit for a second time. This one grazed the inside of his right calf. It's not known whether the leg shot was before he got shot in the face, but he was hit twice at this point in time, so he's up to two. Yep, gotcha. Neither shot seemed to really bother him all that much since he only spent... 12 seconds at the hood of the car before he entered the driver's seat. After Montesarano entered the car, it seems like he kind of like lost the will to fight. He prepped the car and didn't fire around for quite some time. He really didn't give a shit what was going on with, with Emil. So he continued firing and he was hit three times at this point in time, twice almost fatally. So, Mils Montesarano at five. No, I'm sorry. Uh, Larry Phillips was the one that was shot three times in this this last little in- interchange here. Okay. So, Montesarano's twice. Got it. So, Phillips three, Montesarano two. Yep. So, Phillips didn't realize how close the officers were to closing in on him. They approached from the drive through side of the building that Phillips kept kind of peeking around a corner to, to keep an eye on. He spotted two officers trying to come, around, come up through the ATM lane and open fire on them immediately. While firing at him, two more officers decided to take shots at Phillips from another angle, which this would become their most used tactic in the entire fight. It was like you would wait till he was distracted 
and then fire at him so he's not Makes shooting sense. exactly it's like you know it's a tank fight well not only that that's how like a lot of predatory animals will do that they get you one to distract you raptors for instance watch in jurassic park one will get your your attention while and then the other one does the does the work coyotes yeah <laughs> officer edward brentlanger who parked diagonally across the eastbound lane of archwood had moved to the eastern wall of the north lot where the shooters were he unloaded 27 rounds towards phillips hitting him multiple times with no noticeable effect okay so so we're not gonna i think we're not gonna count that no i guess not because i mean we'll just say he was hit a few more times you know what we'll bump it up to five because <laughs> one of the on one or two of those had to have broken through so i'm saying phillips got hit five times um because guarantee one of those one or two of those must have punched through and nailed something but the thing is with phillips is his body armor was actually better better put together it so it doesn't matter though if someone is shooting at you 20 times so something has to give they, they might not be getting through but they're definitely hurting him because you're, you still have the kinetic energy hitting you and well, it's, yeah and you know you're gonna have bruises you're gonna yeah, it could crack a rib. Yep, you're going to have bruises. You're going to have fucking broken ribs and shit. You're going to be hurting puppy. That's what I'm saying, five. So officers Bancroft and Harley then took a risk. They decided to take turns popping up so they could see over the wall they had hid behind and take shots at the now crouching Phillips. Bancroft would later say that he remembers seeing Phillips' clothing move as rounds hit him, but he didn't seem to notice. That's fucking scary. To be like, oh, I saw him get shot, but he's just like, meh. Just shrug- shrugging it off. Yeah. Uh, Phillips then fired a volley at the two officers who quickly took cover. He would then turn on their position and head back to the Chevy and notice uh, Brentlinger's nearest cruiser and fired 40 to 50 rounds at him in short controlled bursts. So again, Larry Phillips is the more aggressive, more accurate of the two bad guys here. And yeah, he... more skilled gun tactics. So it almost sounds like he didn't even get shot, really, because... Just because this says, oh, it, it went near his clothes, you saw the clothes move, doesn't mean that he actually got hit. He could have just been you know, It could have been hitting clothes, closing. exactly, but still, that's pretty fucking close to getting shot. Yeah, yeah. So, now here's the thing to remember. At this point in time, the radio dispatch is going crazy. There's calls of officer down, requesting medical units. Um, the most common request over the radio was, we need SWAT down here right now. So for anybody that doesn't know, SWAT means uh, special weapons and tactics. These are the guys that get called in when shit, uh, shit gets ugly. People need to die. Doors need to get kicked in. People don't really need to die. It's just when you need people that have more, or police officers that have more militaristic training right. than standard traffic stops. Well, mm. in, in, in this situation, I think the bad guys needed to die. Well, that's obviously, why no, like, yeah, we obviously what I'm saying, no. here now. Yeah. They usually have bigger, bigger boy weapons. Right. And before SWAT even arrived they were telling them don't bother with your mp5s bring the bring your colts because the mp5 firing a nine millimeter round is not going to do shit to these guys because we're hitting with nine millimeter rounds and they're laughing at us Mm. so it's like bring your bring your ars because that's what we're going to need so the call for swat hadn't fallen on deaf ears uh four cars carrying five officers were on the way to the scene but were caught in traffic on the 170 which is a, a pretty big highway i've never been to california but I would imagine it's it's one of the big ones. Yeah. Right, but I don't remember because I was actually in a taxi. <laughs> so at the same time, the radio waves were open for a full 60 seconds, giving updates on the position of Phillips, which at the same time, a crash unit arrived on scene. Uh, the crash unit's an anti-gang unit, but that's just mm-hmm. extra, you know, extra hands on deck. 
Uh, the crash unit was headed away from the bank, actually, to Oxnard Street, to a location of uh, B&B guns where they would actually get a hold of nine rifles. Wow. Unfortunately, these... Spoiler alert. These rifles that they uh, that they got from the gun shop would never actually be fired. Because by the time they got there and got back, the whole thing was over. It was that far away. It was it was like six blocks. Well, it was it was a good ways away. But by the time they got there, got the people to let them in, got everything they needed and then got back there. They would they were already out of the area and the, the shootout was just about over. I've been so pissed if we spent all that time just to get ready and get, you know, situated <laughs> that these freaking pricks I'd walk over and just shoot him anyway. I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. Like, honestly, he's down. I don't give a fuck. I'm going to fire this thing. Yeah. Well, like not even like in like humor, just in sheer piss and aggression that it's like people were, you know, not helping them out or they're dragging their feet or whatever. And they're trying to get this stuff done and trying to get these guns so they can go help their friends. Mm-hmm. And, I'd be like, you know what, fuck it, I'm emptying a full magazine in this dead body. I don't care, these fucking assholes, you know, shot my friends, they shot my family, you know, my work family, mm-hmm. shot innocents. They de- they deserve to be Swiss cheese and just pulp. Yes, yes, exactly. So after firing another salvo at Officer Brentlinger, uh, which blew out all the windows of the cruiser and sent chunks of concrete flying up into, a, into his face and knocking his glasses off and kind of knocked him on his ass, which, if you ever had your glasses knocked off that hard, you kind of... Tend to like, oh, fucking, you know. I get pissed. Yeah. Mm. So Philip stepped back towards the Chevy and fired. Philip stepped back towards the Chevy and fired at the two officers near the Del Taco. He then returned attention to Brettlinger. As Brettlinger tried to get himself out of the line of fire, another officer approached him, uh, approached his vehicle, and took some serious fire. Officer Conrado Torres, which is the coolest fucking name ever. Conrado uh, Yeah. Yeah, Officer Conrado Torres took a, a round across the right side of his neck, which kind of made him think twice about going any closer, <laughs> as it would. Um, so he actually kind of retreated back across Archwood, um, next to a house, and he there was a ooh Jesus. He didn't get hit. It just yeah, he it just kind of like grazed him across the neck. Oh. Um, but he he would actually retreat back across uh archwood to the there was a house he went to the north side of the house and there was actually a 1980 gmc astro garbage truck in front of the house this truck conrado torres would be i'm sorry this truck and officer torres would be two of the big things that would help stop these guys little did he little did he know at the time so larry phillips is now slowly pacing left to right at the front of the of a nearby ford explorer seeming annoyed I think at this point he was starting to freak out a little bit, like the fuck. tension and the stress, realizing that okay, my plan of being, you know, Johnny Johnny shoot him up isn't really working. Yeah. Now they're starting to you know break I, through, and his plans weren't really going anywhere. No, I, I think at this point in time he was already you know looking at his watch and was like shit, we should have been out of here like twenty minutes ago. I think yeah. is is where he's starting to get a little freaked out. As he paced back and forth, he came into the firing lane of the officers located at the Del Taco. They fired on him. One one round found its home, hitting Phillips square in the chest. Again, didn't penetrate his body armor. Don't care. Still counting it. So in the time it took Phillips to double over after the impact, a handful more, a handful more rounds peppered the bank wall behind him. He would spend the next 25 seconds on a knee behind a car trying to reload, and I'm guessing trying to catch his breath. So now with the... Phillips was starting to realize how many officers were actually on scene. 
So he turned to the northeast corner of the bank and encountered a fresh set of officers there. Officer uh, Officer Caparelli and an unnamed officer were approaching Phillips' position from the back lot of the bank by the, the ATM lane. Phillips did a bit of a double take and he kind of, because he didn't expect to see any more guys coming up through there. And as soon as he saw him, he just fucking, he shouldered his rifle and was firing like th- uh, three to five round bursts at these guys. Just Yeah, chucking. one of those scare shot, like scare shooting, like scared shooting. Yeah, just kind of like, oh shit. And he, yeah, and just, just pull the trigger and hope for the best yep. or, you know, not hope for the best. Fuck, whatever. <laughs> So he showered these officers with chunks of cinder block, but thankfully didn't hit any of them with actual, with with live fire. Good. At this point in time, officers have the main street and the and the, have the main streets in the immediate area blocked off. But the main concern was the massive small side streets that the police didn't have the manpower to contain. So they're thinking, if they get onto one of these side streets, they can just fucking cut loose and they're gone. Mm-hmm. Schools in the surrounding area would go into full lockdown, and in some cases, students wouldn't be released until 8 p.m. that night. Rightfully so. I, if I was a parent and my kid was in school like 10 miles near there, I'd be like, no, keep him there. I'd still be freaked out, like, what the fuck's going on, you know? <laughs> exactly, because I don't want my kid anywhere near what's going on. This, this is how seriously they, they took this whole situation. The Burbank Airport, which was like two and a half miles away from there was actually redirecting air traffic so that they didn't they weren't flying over that's over a, the situation. Again, another smart idea because yep. even then if those guys made it to the airport, who knows what they could have done there. Right. They could have easily disappeared, they could have easily found a place to hide, way to change clothes because we've said that before they have had different disguises and exactly. costumes and you never know, man. You see it in movies that they go to like an airport or train station and they have a change of clothes. Yeah, they get shit stashed in a trash bag somewhere. Yeah. Mm. Because thing, still, these cops don't know anything about them. They get far enough away, they shed all this stuff. Even if they leave the money behind, they're wearing yep. gloves. You can't really find fingerprints. Exactly. The thing that surprised me was, like you just said, I expected it would have been like redirect. They would have stopped flights out. They were d- redirecting the flights that were coming in, too. They're like, we don't want anything else coming in. Yeah. Complete lockdown of the whole area is a smart idea. Yep. So SWAT at this point is still stuck in traffic. A mile south of the bank, officers rolled into the parking lot of B&B gun sales. The store didn't open until 10 a.m., but the staff inside called the owner, Bob Kahn, and he instructed them to let them in and give them whatever the hell they wanted. I don't care what's going on. If you have SWAT or police that are saying, open up right now, mm-hmm. we you know we need to commandeer these weapons, I'm sorry. Don't I'll, I will literally get fired to be like if the owner's like, oh, you should have done that. I'd be like, these are cops. Yeah. These cops have something going on. Do you hear what's going on? Not even 10 miles away from us. <laughs> exactly. Like, it's a war zone down there and they need weapons. They need, you know, backup. They need firearms. Guess what? I'm giving them everything they want. If you don't like it, then sue me. And uh, I, I got my numbers wrong earlier with the number of rifles that they took from there. They actually ended up with five Colt Sportsters, uh, five Colt Sportster AR-15s, and two Remington Model 1187 shotguns, and a buttload of ammo and magazines. Oh wow! Wow. So, back on the opposite side of the street from Larry Phillips, photographers Mike Meadows and Gene Blevins, along with along with the Telemundo 52 crew, uh, they were within 250 feet of Phillips and would catch 11 minutes of him. <laughs> because at first they mistaked him for a SWAT officer. So they're like thinking, oh shit, we got oh, SWAT's here. We're going to get footage of this. And uh, nope, not quite. So 
we're going to go back to Officer Martin Whitfield, the guy that was pretty heavily wounded in the leg from last week. Yeah, this is the one I really want to know about. So Whitfield is still laying behind the tree, bleeding very heavily from the leg wound. Um, he was starting to fade in and out of consciousness, but he was staying in, in contact with uh, the dispatcher, Guadalupe de la Cruz, who's trying to keep him calm, trying to keep him awake. Yeah, t- you said that last week that she was, or when we were, you know, did the previous episode, that she was constantly like, hey, wake up, talk to me, what's yep. going on? Keep telling me more. What's going on here? Like, that is an all-star hero of a, you know, and, emergency operator. And that's one of the best things you can do for somebody that's in a situation like that is try to keep them calm, keep them awake. Because if you lose consciousness, you, you're pretty much done. Yeah. And he, he kept asking. He's like, did you guys send help? When am I going to get help? And she's like, kept telling him they're on their way. They're doing their best. They're on their way to get you. So here's where Unit 9A37 enters. The car crewed by officers Anthony Kabunik and Todd Schmitz. These, God, I'm loving these names. These guys are fucking heroes. I mean, all of them are heroes. I don't care. Every single one of these police officers are heroes in one way, shape, or form. Yeah. But these, these guys were the ones that would end up, um, well, Let's just say, like, what I have in my notes here, uh, these guys, in my opinion, were the biggest heroes of the entire situation, and that's saying something. So they decided they needed to go help the downed officers, um, especially Whitfield, because they knew how badly he was injured. And there was an armored uh, V-100, which is like the the SWAT rig, was on Mm -hmm. the way. They decided, fuck it, we're not waiting. They climbed into their cruiser and took off down the street. Um. Yeah, so Kabunik and Schmitz would climb into their cruiser, and they had all intents on going to get Officer Whitfield. <clears throat> well, en route to Whitfield, they came across Officer Guy, who was the one that got shot in the back three times, protecting the... Oh, I'm yeah. sorry, no. Officer Guy was another one that was shot in the leg that was using his uh, his gun belt as a, as a tourniquet. Yeah. Okay, so while Kabunik and Schmitz, are <clears throat> Schmitz were on the mission to help fallen officers, uh, the news helicopters were capturing footage of Phillips laying the Norinco in the trunk of the Chevy and retrieving the Heckler and Cock nine, uh, 91. This thing's a fucking monster. This is a 308. Yeah, yeah. Big fucker. And I was I was wrong when I said in part one and part two that all of these weapons were fully automatic because this one was actually semi-automatic. But it's, okay. it's still... Semantics, there's still guns exactly, to go boom. And, and it's still dangerous because this is the biggest caliber rifle they had with them. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of firing the 7.62, it fired a, a 7.62 by 5.1, which is essentially the same thing as a 308 round. Uh, Phillips would casually walk back to the driver's side of the Chevy, start slapping at the door. I'm guessing he was trying to get Modest around his attention at this point in time. He then stuck his arm in the car to grab something. So while he's got his arm in the car, Phillips gets hit again. This time in the unarmored part of his right arm. So we're at seven. Yes. The round went through and through, leaving a pretty good hole in his arm. Uh, he he then turned and just instinctively turned and fired at the officers by the Del Taco. After checking the drive through lane again, Phillips stepped in front of another vehicle in the lot an officer, and, uh, and an officer took two shots at him. One missing him and shattering the windshield in the car behind him. The other one hit him in the stomach. Again, the body armor keeps doing its job. He's been hit. This is Phillips again getting shot. So far, he has one injury that is actually, like, 
broken through his yeah. his suit of armor essentially that's, yeah he's got the shot in the armor and the we will say the chest because that definitely took the wind out of him so right. that probably so out of what i have is eight shots mm-hmm. oof, where what was it Montesarano got one and pretty much almost took out his eye yeah and he's still somewhat going but more than likely bleeding out yeah, at he, this time so i mean but the the one in, that he took to the face is more just like a graze than anything then he also got shot in the leg yeah so I mean, well, that was a graze too, right? But I mean, still, both hurt like a motherfucker. Excuse me, Phillips. At this point, <clears throat> I think was starting to realize that, like, I need to get the hell out of here. Yeah. Oh shit, I did wrong. Yeah, and this is when he he's come to the realization. I think that his luck's run out for the most part. So at this point, for some reason, Phillips decides to take a few pot shots at the news helicopter. So while he's just wasting ammo, firing at the chopper, officers Kabunik and Schmitz continued their ex- their extraction run. So one, probably taking shots at the helicopter, so they leave the area. So that means when he disappears, the helicopter won't follow. And because if you see a heavily clad, homemade armor looking dumbass running down the way, helicopter's going to zoom in and follow them no matter what. Without realizing it, the other guys are, you know, which is awesome, utilizing that time to get more people help. So I think him taking the shots of the helicopter was for a easy exit strategy because that way you don't have a helicopter following every step of the way. I totally agree with you. And the only thing is, I think he was firing at the wrong helicopter because I think he was actually thinking that the one he was firing at was the police helicopter, which was relaying his movements to the officers on the ground. Regardless, though, you're, so, if, if you're seeing either one of those up there, you're going to start shooting at one of them to try to get right. rid of one. Once one goes away, then you have the other one. Yeah, because, I mean, the... the even if even if the um the uh the, the uh yeah god damn it have to think of it <laughs> Your my, words. my brain went dumb uh the police helicopter mm-hmm. even if that kind of backed off went away and the other helicopter was still there i mean you're it, it's still going to relay stuff through it can still dispatch over right you know anything Kabo- uh, no, no. so just to be clear here with officers Kabunik and Schmitz they never came under any direct gunfire while they were trying to help the fallen officers. Um, a lot of the things that I watched were like, all oh, these guys were driving through fucking gunfire. This yeah, th- like Predator 2, where you got Danny Glover's character putting, you know, armor on his passenger side, running up, pulling the, the sweet power slide move to go around the, the poor motorcycle cops that got shot. And he's they're dragging them back and, you know, gunfire, boom, booms, and right. pow, pows. The, 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 the comparison that immediately came to my mind when I was watching it is like they're making these guys out like they're uh, Shigart and Gordon from Black Hawk Down where they're just like, fuck it, we're going to die. We're going to go save our guys in the meantime. Those guys were fucking heroes. These guys are fucking heroes, but they were never in a situation where they were dodging gunshots while they were doing what they were doing. Because they did it the smart way because they knew where he was. So they were taking alternate routes to get to people. It was taking them a little bit longer, but they're keeping themselves safe. They're going to mm-hmm. be keeping the officers that are already injured safe when they're they get them into the, the car. utilizing the terrain. Exactly. They're being smart. They know the area. As When they approached the, uh, when they approached the parking lot, they got, to, off, they got Officer Guy into the cruiser with the help of Detective Angelus, who is one of the detectives that Officer Guy actually saved in, uh, in our last episode. They noticed how badly he was wounded, and they're like, we got to get him back. So they took him right back to a uh, uh, a casualty collection station that had been set up a little ways out of, out of range. And they dropped him off where he was transported to Holy Cross Hospital for treatment. 
Kabunik and Schmitz then took off again. This time they were on their way to pick up Officer Whitfield. They took a different route to him because the most direct route would have had them actually going directly through the gunfight between Phillips here and cops on the other side of the street. So they would have been being shot at and trying to dodge police cruisers that are parked in the middle of the road. So obviously they took the smart way and just they took took different routes so they weren't going to be shot out. Um, so at this point in time, Whitfield had actually stopped uh, stopped responding to the... Uh, at this point, Whitfield had stopped responding to dispatch. Um, I'm going to insert a clip from his final transmission, which is fucking heartbreaking to listen to in the, in the entire thing. 999, hang in there. 989, So dis- the dispatcher would try to contact him nonstop, trying to keep him awake. After not being able to contact him, De La Cruz actually unplugged from her console and walked away, and another dispatcher took over. Emotionally drained, she's like, I can't do this anymore. Well, the one person you, you know, you're connecting with and you're doing everything you can and when they stop and you're just assuming the worst and, and yeah at this at this point you're thinking this guy that i've been talking to trying to keep awake is dead yeah, yeah. so just in case everybody doesn't remember if anybody doesn't remember he's the one that's laying like sitting yeah. there behind behind a tree uh, yeah, yeah that we talked about bleeding. that like lost he, almost a life like lost a leg from a yeah, gunshot he, and, he lost uh somewhere between four and six inches of his femur from a single gunshot wound just fucking gross crazy so the, the, at this point in time, the need to get Martin Whitfield is now the primary of objective of at least two officers and a dispatcher. So we're going to bounce back to Larry Phillips, who is now kneeling in front of the Ford Explorer. Uh, and he did something that'd be a, that would kind of seem a little weird when you watch it. He's got the the H, the, the Heckler & Koch uh, 91, which uses like a 20-round box magazine. Mm-hmm. He's firing that thing, and he stops and pulls out a drum magazine for his AK. People are, you know, a lot of people would think, well, maybe, you know, the pain is starting to get to him, and he's not paying attention to what he's doing. What actually, it it kind of shows how his mind worked, because he pulled the magazine for the AK, and as soon as the magazine for the H&K ran dry, he went back, put it back in the car, loaded the AK, and was back out at it. So he was... What was Mona Serrano doing this whole time? Sitting, he's literally sitting in the car, just like fucking glazed over, just sitting in the car. I think that shot to the head probably did more damage than you know what we were saying before. Or a shit I, just got real. For I think him. it was a wake up call to like, oh fuck, this is not a bank robbery anymore. <laughs> you know, this is the fucking wild west now. Um. So as I said, he swapped rifles again. Uh, well, this is going on. Mata Serrano heard over the police scanner that uh oh, i forgot they do have a police scanner yeah he's them. yep they, they bought this fucking police scanner at radio shack for like 40 dollars. so he's sitting in the car listening and he heard something and as soon as he heard this i could almost almost visually see him just go oh shit what he heard was that swat had swat had now arrived on scene so at this point in time, he's just like that whole that slow like oh shit yeah, yeah. Because now, yeah, definitely, yeah, now shit's gonna get real. So the four cruisers with the SWAT team pulled up to the curb on Victory Boulevard, two blocks south of the bank. Uh, officers Weir, uh, Weirritter, Anderson, Steve Gomez, and Richard Massa 
would make their way to the south lot. Where Ritter would actually flag down the armored vehicle. I'm sorry, an armored vehicle, which is kind of ironic because the vehicle that he, that he flagged down was an armored car that would be making deliveries to banks. So it's kind of kind of ironic to be like, you know, <clears throat> I'm going to show up to the fight in the one th- in, in one of your favorite targets. It's funny. So. So he uh, he gets into the, he opens the vehicle. Please tell me this is what basically takes them down is is this armored. Oh, vehicle. no, I it, the armored car. No, no. Damn. No. Um, so the vehicle wouldn't really offer much protection against the caliber being used. But it would work. It was a, you know, it was a workable plan that he was coming up with, like by the fucking skin of his teeth. Just like, mm-hmm. we're gonna take this and we're gonna see what we can do. Yeah, on the fly. His goal with this was to use it to get to Officer Whitfield, to help him out. Just to, like we have an armored vehicle, we can get people there. It's big enough that if we have an, if we had a medic, we could have him in <clears throat> in it <coughs> to work could, on. Yeah, him. we could have him in it, stuff his ass in, and then and then get him out of there. But when he opened the ve- when he opened the door of the vehicle, he was met by five other officers who were all armed with rifles. Which hey, where'd they get those from? Those were the fucking that was the um, uh, the crash team that had gotten those. And they'd the, I I left out a little bit of a detail here where they had actually flagged down the vehicle beforehand, talked to the driver, which was a father son team who were both retired police officers, and they're like telling him about the situation and they're like fuck it. Take it. <laughs> you know, they're like, go do what you got to do. So back in the North lot, Mata Serrano had heard the call again for swap. Mata Serrano reversed the Chevy out of the, out of the parking spot. All Phillips had to do at this point in time was get in the car. If he had gotten into the car, even with two flat tires, I really think at this point in time, they could have made a getaway run. I really think they could have managed it. So Phillips, instead of getting in the vehicle, decides to walk next to it. Again, he had the H and K, and he was firing steadily as he walked alongside the vehicle. Um, that kind of makes sense, though. You know, I mean, you're, yeah, you're providing cover fire yeah, while you yeah, try to get yeah. the vehicle out to where you can run it. So as he's firing again, he has another AK mag in his hand, getting ready to swap swap rifles again. Mata Serrano at this point in time had slid over to the passenger side of the vehicle and started firing through the windshield. And as soon as he started firing, Larry Phillips spun to his right and crouched down thinking he was taking fire again. His idiot buddy starts fucking, oh shit, you know, taking pot shots at the cops. And the guy who's walking next to the vehicle providing him cover fires like, oh fuck, and just gets down thinking he's being shot at again. Fucking dummy. Um, So he, uh, Phillips would then go back and swap rifles again, getting the AK back. Officers took this chance to fire on him again. The fire drove him back to the passenger side of the vehicle where he was actually at that point in time, he was taking fire from two different angles. Um, uh, he was taking fire from officers Bancroft and Harley from the right and from a couple of officers from the front. It seems that three injuries happened in very quick succession. This is Phillips. Yep. Uh, one to Phillips and two to his rifle. Oh, so the, the round that struck Phillips, it hit him in the left hand, passing directly through his thumb pad. His thumb meat. Yeah, Ugh. so like where your thumb meets the rest of your hand, he took a fucking nine miller a nine millimeter round through that in his left hand. I think that's the first metacarpal. Yeah, that would that's the first that would fucking suck to get shot there. <laughs> 
Because, I mean, if you think about it, you take a round there, it's essentially going to blow your thumb off. It's just going to be hanging there by skin and a glove. You better mm-hmm. be able to fire with your, you know. Belt. Yeah, but. Yeah. I mean, well, he's right-handed, so he's, you know, he would have had, the, his left hand would have been support at the front for a rifle. So it wouldn't have been like if I was trying to shoot where you'd have to try to grip it with a fucking blowed off thumb. So it must have went into the the, the It went right the through. Tube. It no, it he he it just hit him in the hand. It just went poop right yeah, through his it, hand. It, yeah, but if it's your if it's your shooting hand, yep. Because I mean, you're you're if you're right-handed, your left hand's forward. Yep. Your right hand's back. Well, you got your trigger finger, and your hand's usually on the the grip, pistol yep. grip. Well, that's or actually it's going to hit the pistol grip then. Well, the the round that hit him in the thumb actually also hit the rifle. Um, but the other round. It actually hit the magazine well, which the H&K is really well put together. They are fucking rock solid rifles. The round hit it just hard enough at the magazine well to push the metal in just enough so that he couldn't replace the magazine once it was empty. He couldn't drop the magazine, couldn't put a fresh one in. So (laughs) at this point in time, he's fucking stuck using the AK that he's been using the entire time. Sorry to bounce back and forth, but I kind of have to. Um... Back to the SWAT team. Weir Ritter uh, ran into the middle of Laurel Canyon and Kitteridge to flag down the Ford F-700 uh, armored vehicle that was actually... Oh, shit. I got all confused here. Okay, so this is... I'm sorry. This is the, the vehicle that when he flagged it down, there was the five other officers in. I'm sorry. I no, no. got confused here. Um, and these guys weren't actually SWAT. They were they were patrol officers. They were the, the crash team. That Okay, so as, as Phillips grabbed the Norinco 56S1 and stepped back to the passenger side of the vehicle, he was hit again, uh, this time under the armor wrap on his left forearm. This one clearly hurt. Like, he could see him after That's he got... That's 12. Yeah. Huh? That's 12. He's been hit 12 times at this point? Yeah. Holy shit. I mean, you, you could see him. He, he fucking... Like, he leaned over the back of the car, and he was trying to position his rifle so he could still fire somewhat effectively, but he obviously could not hold it up anymore. Uh, Matasarandu pushed the passenger side door open for Phillips to get in. Larry would then walk back to the door, and he had his left arm real close to his body, and he would just, he essentially just shut the door with his hip. He's like, I'm not getting in. He, He knew what he wanted to do. He wanted to be running and gunning just like cover fire he was not going to get the car so Montesorano uh was to keep driving while he walked next well Phillips walked next to the car shooting uh after firing a few bursts uh after firing a few bursts the AK jammed Phillips Phillips took cover to uh to clear the jam and continue firing he fired in multiple directions most uh mostly where officers had been that he had already fired on so he's shooting at um the cruisers, he's shooting back at the kiosk, he's shooting at the Del Taco, wherever he had already seen cops, he just fucking just... Yeah, he's just, blind, blind spraying. Yeah, just wherever he had seen somebody before, he was just firing, just maybe I'll hit somebody. No, what I understand is why the hell didn't he have the door, the, both doors open on the passenger, because I'm guessing he's on the passenger side. Yeah. I'd have both doors open. Well, then Covers if you back have... in their front. But that's not any, that's legitimately no cover at all. That's yeah, concealment. Like shooting... Those fucking bu- a bullet will snap right through a car door like nothing. Yeah, like a tin can. It'll slow yeah. it down a little, I think. It, it would still hit you. Well, yeah, but it's not as much of an impact. If you have both doors open also, your limit to your movement is a little bit limited. True. 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 So because You're putting yourself in given, a box. So yeah, if you have yeah. door, front door, front passenger door open, 
rear passenger door open and you're standing in that point, you have the um, A-frame or the crossbeam of the car right there beside you. Now, if you want to go backwards, you have that door so you can't close it. If, the only way you can do is go around the door or if you're going to go towards the back end of the car or technically, yeah, it would be the back end of the car. Yeah. You could easily close that door by walking into it, but your lanes of travel and movement is kind of vastly limited mm-hmm. depending on the size of the door and where is, they are is, in the parking lot. It is a little small car. So yeah. yeah. I mean, they weren't, it wasn't a big car. It was, you sneeze no. and they fall off. <laughs> True. Probably so, not, but close. As the Chevy celebrity entered Archwood Avenue, the fight was now mobile. Uh, after taking to the streets, Phillips scanned the area where Hain, uh, scanned the area of Haynes's cruiser and turned in, and turned his back. At this point in time, Larry Phillips lurches forward doing due to a round hitting him. The round hit him just at the neckline of his armor and passed all the way through his middle uh, middle trapezius muscle. Ouch. So that sucks. Ever have one of those rough massages where somebody pinches your trap muscle yep. right by below your neck? That's going to feel way worse. Have, have them pinch it between two hammers that they're swinging as hard as they can and then light it on fire. Because that's what everybody says when they get shot. That's what it feels like because you got hit by a hammer and then it caught on fire. Okay. Let's do that right now. I'm going to test it on you. No. Test it on him. No, you. <laughs> you're you're covering this. You need to know what it feels no, like. No, I don't. You're the one that said, oh, this is what it feels like. <laughs> It was most likely a very, like we just said, a very painful injury, but he didn't really seem to notice it that much. I'm really beginning to think that the muscle relaxers like clearly have worn off. Now they're just running on adrenaline nonstop. I, and I, cause like we brought up before, there could also be some roid rage going on in here too. Cause these guys are two, they're both bodybuilders. So, well, and then you, you know. gotta realize loss, blood loss, which is going to cause your body to go into shock, yep. which then you're going to release more endorphins and more adrenaline because your body's under so much stress. Look at me sounding all doctor like, well, here we go again, because seconds later, another round would hit him in nearly the same spot. This round would actually carry a lot worse consequences as the fight kept going. Uh, Phillips would then take uh, would then take some cover behind the garbage truck. When he did, he took another round through the right shoulder. This round was slightly lower than the first shot. So this is actually that, that other shot that I just mentioned. This one broke his collarbone and severed his subclavian artery. <clears throat> it after it, after it broke his collarbone, severed the artery, it bounced off his shoulder blade. And deflected downwards into the muscles in his back. I'm going to say this right now. That fucking hurts. I feel no pity for this douchebag. Oh, God, no. Isn't that the muscle that... Isn't that the the artery that actually... That's the the artery that that feeds to your... That you? Yes. That's the artery that actually feeds up to your... I believe it feeds up to your uh, your carotid arteries. Yeah, because you basically, if you get hit there, you're dead. Yes. you, You can actually... You can get hit there like not actually draw blood but you can get hit there hard enough and it will kill you because it'll pinch the artery off and you can you can bleed to death so he's basically he's he's dead men walking essentially yes at this point in time unless he gets direct immediate medical attention he's already dead and doesn't even know it so this is what 15 14 hold on do you guys hear this nope that's me playing a violin for this fuck face no you don't play no violin i'll smash it oh that's why i was playing an air one because jeff jared style smash over your head he's a son of a bitch you were like 14, maybe 15, because I was thinking about counting the one that hit his rifle that kind of jammed everything up. Eh, I wouldn't count that one. Okay, so we're at 14. Okay. So Phillips again fired I from... I don't math very well. Nope. <laughs> so Phillips fired again from behind the, the back of the garbage truck, and this is when the rifle jammed again. This time was the final time that the AK would jam on him. The jam that occurred was what, well, what people refer to as a stovepipe jam. 
it occurs when an empty casing is not completely ejected before the bolt before another round loads and it will actually load another round into the chamber and as it's loading the round in it'll catch that empty casing between the bolt and the the uh, receiver it's a super super easy jam to clear usually because all you kind of do is slap it i've actually had this happen with my ak you just slap the casing backwards and it kicks it right out and you're ready to rock and roll again Hmm. i didn't know that but i also wasn't bleeding internally on muscle relaxers and being shot at while this is going on and also have adrenaline going blood super thin right so he's he's a hurting puppy at this point in time bleeding like a bleeding like a son of a gun because yeah yeah he's got blood I mean, the, the, the other way I hope you can... he's got blood. He's a human. The other way you can... <laughs> the, the way he tried to to get rid of the jam is one of the more effective ways where you just essentially just rack the action back, let it go, and it'll kick it out. There's footage of him trying... Of him racking it where he's trying and it won't go. He does this three or four times and just says, fuck it, and just puts the rifle back in the car because he didn't have the dexterity with that fucked up hand to rack the the chamber all the way back good to release it good um as phillips took cover behind the garbage truck mata serrano limped the car uh to the side of the truck and this is where officer torres comes in again he stepped from his cover from the side of the house uh which is to the left side of of the vehicle so it would have been on mata serrano's left on the driver's side of the vehicle on the other side of the so, uh, garbage the old school garbage truck yes so probably driver's side yes so okay. no he he was behind a house and when the when the, oh okay so sorry the, i the, thought it was between the house and the garbage truck so the car is between the house and the garbage truck gotcha okay now yep sorry Neither so that. officer torres would step out from his cover raise his beretta and fire 12 rounds they all hit the car None hit Mata Serrano. Sometimes that's all you need is just to get to the distraction and just get him to pay attention to you so someone and, else can brush up and And I can see why he work. would miss because you're fucking shaking like a goddamn leaf. You're, you're scared. You've seen two dudes take out your almost your entire squad, your entire, you know. Police department. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, it's like, that's fucking scary. Yeah, they have weapons that, you know, you only see in magazines. Yeah, exactly. Um. So at this point in time, Phillips and Mata Serrano have been separated. And if they wanted to, they would actually have to fight their way back to each other. While all of this is going on, an unmarked Burgundy Crown Vic, uh, Crown Victoria is going slowly towards the intersection. As Mata Serrano and his white Chevy come barrel-assing through said intersection. The unmarked car contained officers Hanley, I'm sorry, officers Harley, Bancroft, and Caporelli. Caparelli looked left out of habit to check for traffic, as you do. And uh, he didn't see any more cars coming, but he did see Larry Phillips. Dun, dun, dun. This guy's a badass because before the car even stopped, Caparelli was out of the backseat and moved within 30 feet of Phillips. And as he's moving, he's fi- he fired six rounds at him in two seconds. To this day, he can't recall how many shots that he fired hit Phillips, but he's for sure he's sure that at least one hit him. So what? Bam. 16. Wait. So 15? 15. I'm giving him, you know, I don't care. I'm giving him two because Fuck I like it. this guy. <laughs> I don't like Phillips, so he's absorbing more, more bullets. So Phillips' only reaction was to turn slowly and look at him 
with his AK in his hands, Caparelli fucking beats feet away, hurtling over a fire hydrant. And I, I watched the footage. You can see him like, oh, like stiffen and turn and run. This is all from the hel- uh, helicopter. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Exactly. He's like, oh, like he's got to poop real quick. It like just stiffens up, <laughs> turns and runs. He jumps over the fire hydrant. But as he does, his fucking toe catches like on the top of it. And he just okay. on his fucking head. Get these fucking just scramble. It gets back up and runs and hides. It's like show code. Damn. I know who I am as a, in my like my core, what I am. <laughs> I would do the same thing. Shoot. And then when it'd be pointed at me like. Well, I'm not going to die tired. I'm just going to be right here because I'm not going to be able to run in time because I'd be like, fuck. The thing to remember Close is. Close your eyes and just start like breathing in, breathing out, try to remember all the cool stuff. and be like, well, it's been nice. Good run. The thing to remember is in Caparelli's situation, even if Phillips had, tur- had just fucking wheeled around and fired, he's firing one shot. That's it. Because he, he has the round that's in the chamber and the jam. Still, so though, I, I, I know I wouldn't shot. be able to run because I'm not that smart. So I just want to just just to kind of get a, uh, you know, a scan of everything. Right. So this really, so everything now is taking place on, on Agnes, uh, Agnes Street, Agnes Avenue. I'm sorry, whatever it is. Oh, Ag- really? Yes. This, 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 this is where side? this is where Caparelli uh, comes face to face with him was at the intersection of Agnes Avenue. Oh, wow. So he turned the corner. And he so he turned off of of uh, Archwood. Yes. Well, he well he turned off of uh, Laurel Canyon. Went uh, went over to Archwood yep. from the parking lot, and then and made a made a. Uh, I believe it's a left onto Agnes. A, oh, really? Okay. It's, I can't. I can remember if it was a left or a right, but he he so definitely it, turned uh, on. So it's, well, it doesn't matter because he's yeah. either going north or south, whichever. So. After after hauling ass back across Agnes Avenue, uh, Caparelli joined a handful of other officers that were behind a, a bunch of vehicles. They were using this cover. Harley and Bancroft would follow the Chevy and leave Caparelli on his own with the other officers. Caparelli would then stand and fire the remaining rounds in his magazine at Phillips. And at this point in time, something had changed in Larry Phillips' attitude. Um, he didn't have the... Uh, like the swagger that he had when he first came out of the bank. He wasn't as confident, like, you know, I'm the baddest motherfucker on the planet. Something had changed in him, and yeah, it's, it's called, called blood loss. Yeah, <laughs> blood loss in 15 or 16 rounds yeah. in your ass. Well, not only well, that, not yeah, ass, and th- think about that. That will literally destroy your confidence. When you're going in and you guys have this set game plan of, We'll be in and out in this short amount of time. We know what we're doing. We've researched this. We've done all this information. We got all this information. We've done all this homework. We've done everything we can think of. And our plans went to shit. Yeah. And then they're systematically getting more and more like shit to the point of now, where's your partner? Where's your, where's the guy who's supposed to be your backup and, you know, literally be your brother in arms in a sense. Oh, there's Montesorano. He is gone. Yeah. And now you're by yourself. You're you've been shot multiple times. Your guns aren't working. Well, this is now his second weapon that is malfunctioned on him. Yep. So he's probably left with what sidearms now. He's got a he has a, a Beretta almost identical to the one that the police have, except his is nickel plated. Okay, so you have a a a bling pistol, mm-hmm. and now you're on your own. So obviously things are going down. He's realizing now. Yep. And you're basically shooting it, going pow. And yeah, because one of your hands can't work, so you can't stable a gun. So yeah. you're having to do the typical, you know, 
hey, look at me, sidearm kind of slant because you know you're losing blood and you're getting dizzy and exhaustion. Really up, Watch, man. watching the videos, I will, I will give him credit for as much blood as this asshole's lost and as many times as he as he's been shot. As soon as he drop, he drops his AK because it's it's fucking useless. It's a brick at this point in time. Yeah, he draws the Beretta from a holster in his right in his uh, left armpit. And he fucking draws out on these cops one handed and he is rock fucking steady. Really? Well, that's training, I guess. I think this is where the blood loss is starting to catch up with him because after he draws his Beretta, he still has a magazine for the H and K in his left hand. Was he like fucked up? Like, oh, shit, uh, I don't need this anymore or whatever. Or was he at that point in time still thinking, I can get back to the car, I can get my other rifle, and I can get the fuck out of here? Probably. <coughs> could be. Could be. I think it's a combination of the two. Start over. So no matter if he was confused about still having this fucking magazine in his hand, it wouldn't matter because Larry Phillips would never make it across Agnes Avenue. They've, they've traveled. Just looking at the map and everything, I mean, if, the, if they're... Because according to the map I have right now, mm-hmm. or the view... I have of this. There's actually buildings in back of the bank. Yep. So those probably weren't there then. I'm guessing because if they were, I mean, that's, you know, that's more cover. That's a lot of cover for him to. And the thing to remember is where they are now is no longer commercial buildings. They are in a residential area right now. When this, where we are in the gunfight, they are now within like, people's houses yeah i'm watching it right now and you know what you're saying yeah he's holding like a rock but you can clearly tell like yeah, from the earlier part of the footage he is he's fading but he's captain cool like look at me and then all of a sudden it's he's pulling the trigger pulling the trigger and then he's slowly slowing down mm-hmm. and yeah you can I, clearly I, see that it's coming to an end and he knows it because i think at that point in time with a fucked up hand like that I don't think with his thumb on his left hand being as as messed up as it was, I don't think he could have reloaded that pistol. Well, yeah, and you got to also realize, too, how heavy that gun must have been with the freaking shot through his uh, his trapezoid or his And he was trapezius. also shot in the, in the right uh, forearm at that point in time as well. Yeah, so you got to realize he is literally running on fumes more and more, and probably yeah. just everything came to head, and Jesus Sweet Christmas. So the reason he would never make it across this street is because, well, I'm sorry. Well, there was seven officers and two detectives between him and the Chevy celebrity that Matasarana was in. Mm. So at this point in time, he still has a little bit of purpose in his walk. You know, even though he lost a lot of blood from what I have counted as nine gunshot wounds that actually did damage to him. Not that were absorbed by the body armor. Hold on, this is Mata Serrano and now has nine? No, this is Phillips still. Oh, we're still on Phillips. Oh, so he's oh, at roughly okay. Okay. 25 shots this man has absorbed. So he raises the pistol and fired a single round at the officers at the corner of Agnes Avenue. Uh, Caparelli stepped out from behind the van that he'd used for cover and was shocked that Phillips was less than 60 feet away from him. Phillips swung the pistol towards him and ducked back in uh, and. Uh, and Caparelli ducked back into cover. Larry Phillips stood, swaying slightly in the sunshine. As he aimed at the officers, another round found home. This one hit him, but it barely grazed him. But it would ultimately be the final straw. It was, en- it was enough impact to make him drop his pistol. Being as physically drained and as tired as he is, he bends down to pick the pistol up. When he goes down, he drops the magazine. 
and picks the uh, picks his pistol back up. After he stood up for uh, after he stood up, Larry Phillips would press the barrel of the nickel plated Beretta under his chin and pull the trigger for the finally to- uh, final time, ending his own life. The nine millimeter jacketed hollow point entered his oral cavity at somewhere between twelve hundred and fourteen hundred feet per second. The round would leave an L-shaped wound as it as it exited his skull. He was dead before he hit the sidewalk. Police kept kept hitting the ground around him, including one round that hit him in the back of the neck and partially severed his spinal cord. Okay, I'm giving it to him. Larry Phillips died at the age of 26 years old, and he absorbed roughly 28 rounds. Yes. The thing is, like in the autopsy, they said that if he hadn't shot himself and that round had still hit him in the back of the neck, it would have killed him instantly. Because of where of where Good. it hit, it hit like uh, I think from the autopsy report I looked at, I think it was the third or fourth vertebrae down where it hit. It would have fucking killed him just as quick as that. Good. Good. Fuck this guy. Lights out, baby. Exactly. And like I said, I'm I'm fairly confident that he was dead before he hit the sidewalk. Fuck you, Larry Phillips. Rotten hell, you asshole. <laughs> so at the moment of Larry Phillips' suicide, Mata Serrano was between Ben and Gentry Avenue, trying to keep the car moving. The trunk lid's bouncing around. He's got three flat tires and a shitload of holes in the vehicle. Somehow the car keeps rolling, and uh, he's just trying to put. At this point in time, he's trying to put distance between himself and the cops. The timeline in uh, this time frame is the turning point for Emil Matasarano. He would go from being kind of lackluster and not being super effective in what he was doing to essentially acting like a cornered animal. Um, as he continued down the street, he pulled in front of a red Ford Tempo that was coming up the road toward him. The driver of the car, seeing a giant masked man in the vehicle in front of him, would stop and put the car in reverse and just fucking get the hell out of there. This part's kind of funny. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, Emil Matasaranu then gets out of the Chevy and tried to wave the driver of the tempo back to him. <laughs> so as the... I need you to bring me to uh, no! Taco Bell. No, I'm not going to shoot you. Just come back. I want to ride. <laughs> so... As the tempo uh, as the tempo fled, Matasarano stood in the street for a few seconds, just kind of looking what around. What kind of Uber are you? <laughs> this is worst cab ever. <laughs> but he just kind of stood there, just looking around. He actually stood there for eight full seconds, just fucking looking back and forth. Um, and from where he stood, it's very possible that when he looked back in the direction, he could have actually seen Larry Phillips laying in the dirt. One officer actually saw him make a fist and pound his, and pound his chest twice, maybe as a final salute to his dead friend. Um, when he got back in the car, he sat there for another 13 seconds with the door wide open, doing nothing. So huh. maybe maybe the shock is seeing yeah maybe the shock is seeing his buddy dead and just going oh fuck, uh, maybe I should just give up now. But he eventually uh, dropped the car into drive and started moving. The car was spewing gas from a hole in the tank um, because while he was escaping, one of the officers actually had popped around one of the vehicles with a shotgun loaded with buckshot and just fucking let rip a couple of couple of shells his way. And some of the buckshot had bounced underneath the vehicle and done some damage to like brake lines and hit the, the fuel tank and stuff like that. So the car's leaking shit all over the place at this point in time. He would attempt to hijack another civilian vehicle. 
He swerved in front of another car trying to block it off. And then uh, he rethought his plan because he would actually, if he had taken this car, he would have had to back it up to go around his vehicle. He then pulled into an intersection and sat there for another 14 seconds. His plan here, I think, is... uh, I think his plan here is fairly clear what he's going to do at this point in time. He's just going to sit there and wait for another car to come up to the intersection. Uh, So four vehicles were actually approaching. Uh, The first one passed... And as the second one approached, he cranked the wheel and hit the uh, hit a hit the green sedan. Uh, after hitting the car, he changed his mind when he saw a 1962 Jeep Gladiator coming down the street. Which, by the way, Jeep Gladiators are fucking awesome. I would love one. It's essentially uh, you guys remember the the Comanche, the Jeep pickup. Yeah, yeah. It, this was like the original version of that, I believe. They're fucking cool. So as the owner of the Jeep was sitting there dealing with Mata Serranu, the officers near Phillips cordoned off the area as the SWAT uh, as the SWAT officer showed up. Um, they kind of pointed them in Mata Serranu's direction, and they took off after him. Yep. So while this is going on, the armored vehicle was headed north on Laurel Canyon trying to get to Martin Whitfield before it was too late. While driving down Laurel Canyon, someone noticed the three wounded civilians that were in right at the very beginning of this gunfight. Um, they stopped and loaded them into the vehicle as well. So Montessorani at this point in time has roughed up the Jeep's Jeep's owner and is now transferring all of his gear from the car to the Jeep, including a previously unseen Bushmaster XM 15, which had a 100 round drum magazine locked into it. As he sat in the Jeep, Montessorani's world was starting to really close in on him. Uh, Officers were approaching from multiple directions, including the car carrying a SWAT team. As the officers approached, they spotted the Jeep and thought it was a wounded civilian in the driver's seat until Mata Serrano got out and made a beeline for the front of the white Chevy. The limp that he had had beforehand was just gone at this point in time. From the, I'm guessing from the leg wound that he got when he first came out of the bank. More than likely, actually. But now, all of a sudden, he, he has no limp. Yeah, I just okay. I just saw. I just saw that uh, that where he got hit. Yeah. God damn. Montesorano was like, was like, ah, fuck you. I'm out of here. Yeah. He fucking boogie. I was like, holy shit, dude. You're like two blocks away. <laughs> That's what I was saying. Like when he, with uh, when Phillips was w- looking around, you could clearly tell like they were together, together, and all of a sudden, he makes one step. <clears throat> Montesorano has gone, and now he's just like, I think that was deflating for him that this person was supposed to be his partner in crime, his army of two, if you will. Hey, he's gone. But like Phillips, like that's, it, it looked like Phillips was like, Montserrat was like coming out of the parking lot, and he was like, Phillips was like, okay, well, I'm going around here, and I, I was like, holy shit. I almost wonder if Larry Phillips at some point in time told him if we get separated, just take off, go back to you know, go back to uh, wherever, and we'll meet up there. The weird thing here is the fact that he, the reason that he got out of this Jeep truck, is because it was a manual, and he had never learned how to drive one. So he's essentially sitting in a truck, just going, oh, fuck. So he he did have some options throughout the entire incident. But unfortunately for him, he, he just kept making the wrong choices. All he really had to do at, the po- at this point was get out of the truck, put his hands on his head, and surrender. But he decided to keep fighting. As he made his way to the Chevy, the driver of the SWAT car cranked the wheel and stopped the car at an angle in front of the Jeep... At this point in time, the SWAT team is within 30 feet of Emil Matasarano. This is pistol range. I mean, any of us here, we all own pistols. Like, 30 feet, you can hit pretty much whatever you're aiming at for the most part. 
getting into a firefight at this distance with long, uh, long guns is going to be ugly and fast. Right partway over the hood of the Chevy, uh, as an officer opened fire from one of the black and white, uh, every single one of these rounds missed him. The closest round that they found that would have been anywhere near Emil Matasaranu was five feet away. So Matasaranu then decides, fuck it, and starts firing back at him on full auto. He held the trigger down for just a hair under five entire seconds on fully automatic. That's a lot of fucking ammunition going out. Can you just imagine the noise of that thing? Oh, my God. And how difficult it must have been to hold it? I I could. no, I couldn't. I mean, you imagine having like being in an area like surrounded by people's houses and just hearing how fucking loud that is. I actually had Oof. somebody yesterday was shooting a gun out behind my house in the field. Really? And there like where I live there is no the like, firearms are not allowed in city limits. So right. to hear that I was like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> it's actually really kind of terrifying for a moment there. I can imagine. Well, it's like like those fuckers that drove by our house in Virgenza started shooting and we're like, I was down in the basement and I come up fucking loaded, ready for bear. And Kevin comes out of his bedroom. We're like, who the fuck's shooting at our house? And your, and your wife's like, holy shit, guys. Oh, Jesus Christ. So as Mata Serrano just wildly fired, uh, one of the SWAT officers, uh, Officer Anderson, slid out of the passenger seat of the unmarked car and planted two rounds in Mata Serrano's chest. The rounds had absolutely no effect because they hit the only part of his body armor that he had double-plated and reinforced. His, okay, his so ass. was in his chest. So am I counting this amongst the two that he was already hit with? I don't know. It's up I'd to say you. add one. All right. We'll add one. So at this point in time, Officer Anderson's rifle actually malfunctions as well. So Officer Massa switches spots with him so that he could so that Anderson could go and clear the malfunction with his rifle. Mm-hmm. Well, fixing the jam, Officer Anderson had a fucking stroke of genius. And he's like, if we get down on the other side of the vehicle and we shoot at him, we can hit his legs because he doesn't have armor on his legs. It's a valid point. So Uh one of the first rounds fired by a SWAT member from under the vehicle would break Matasaranu's left knee. I'm sorry, break his left leg just below the knee. The round entered just to the left of his kneecap, shattering his knee. Oh, he's fine. Good. So Mata Serrano still refuses to quit. He's fucking up on one foot, leaned across this car. And as he, at this point in time, he's hit with three more rounds, one being a through and through to his thigh, and the next two would lead to his eventual death. Another round hit him, causing a nasty reaction. He was spun to the right, and his finger tensed and fired three rounds into the curb. Those chip marks in the curb are still fucking there. They've never fixed it. This was 21 years ago, and they haven't fixed the goddamn curb yet. Wow. Your tax dollars hard at work, California. Um, at this point in time, he was almost out of ammunition, had no sidearm, and had no way to reload. And at this point in time, he finally realizes he, he's being shot from under the car. He crouched and began to fire blindly at officers and was struck three more times with another round. Pos- after this all started, it was finally over. 44 goddamn minutes that speaks now to cover because there's so much shit going on in such a short period of time. As he laid there, officers moved, uh, officers moved in and kicked the rifle away. Uh, he was still not cooperating with the officers. So one of them kicked him in his very, very badly broken leg to make him cooperate. (laughs) 
so he uh, at this point in time he rolled over onto his onto his stomach and was arrested i will put up the pictures the final picture taken of him when he was arrested one of the most fucking psychotic faces i've ever seen it's now 10 what ow i just thought we kicked oh oh yeah dude he fucking kicked the fuck out of him (laughs) wait wait pause it right now show me the vid oh he kicked the fuck out of him point it towards me man hold on hold on on. okay uh yeah, he kicks like dude. He fucking just like straight up like MMA style, just boots him in the fucking leg. No, he kicks him in the fucking head. One of them kicked him in the fucking head, it's, but the, it's the guy that, that the one that got him to cooperate. It's the one that kicked him in his broken shorts. fucking knee. Yeah, dude, that motherfucker is a badass. He was out on a run when this call came in, and he's like, "Well, I guess I don't have time to fucking change." He's out there like fucking white New Balance sneakers and basketball shorts. Okay, cool. That's all now. Fucking bam! So Eat it's, a it's dick, loser. <laughs> it's now ten oh one a.m. and the shooting was all over. The area would not officially be cleared and reopened for another thirteen and a half hours. Some say because there had been a report of a third and possibly fourth shooter, which there weren't. But I think it was just because of the area where they were. The the yeah, yeah. echoing makes it sound like there's more. Yeah. Montserrat. Okay, so Montserrano would be held in custody on site for the rest of his life and would slowly bleed to death over the next 66 minutes. Good, that asshole. He, he, so, he bled to death? He bled to death because they couldn't get paramedics to him because they refused to let emergency workers into the area until it was completely cleared. Which I guess is SOP for a situation like this because the last thing you want are paramedics and firefighters getting hurt who are literally trying to just save people's lives. They don't have a dog in the fight. They're, they will help fucking criminals if they have to to keep them safe. So that's why they weren't allowing paramedics in. So he, he literally like bled to death. And his family would try to sue uh, the LAPD and the state of California later on saying that you know he was mistreated and they let him die. And they're like, no, this is not the case because what happened is we weren't letting people in here that were going to get fucking shot by your asshole kid. Or your asshole kid's accomplices. Yeah. So the final toll here, we had 11 officers injured. Emil Matasarani was shot 29 times. Larry Phillips was shot bare minimum nine times. Four of them actually broke the skin. The assholes fired somewhere between 1100 and 2200 I'm sorry anywhere but somewhere between 1100 and 1500 rounds in 44 minutes the police fired 650 rounds the only two people to lose their lives in this entire exchange were Larry Phillips and Emil Matasarano every officer that was injured made full recoveries including Whitfield Thank goodness. Who that guy is a fucking badass. Which you can actually watch his interview on YouTube, which I just did. Can you send me a link to it and I'll put it in the show notes? Uh, Well, when I'm back on there. Okay. Let me send you a link to the, the yeah. shootout too. Yeah, send me all the links in because I've got some really good pictures I want to put up with it. Um, But that's it. That's all I've got for this one. Um, that was deep, bro. <laughs> I literally wrote a fucking... 100 word essay. A uh, hundred page essay, actually. I wrote like a, I, this was 20 pages of research. It felt like I was studying for college, which I never did. But um, yeah, <laughs> I don't have anything else to say. I can't wow. talk You've done good, bro. You've done good. Yeah, it, it was just, that was, wow. I mean, just watching, just watching it, I was like, holy shit. 
just seeing, you know, like the poor fucker come out. Uh, I was like, you know, he, he gets off. He's like, but he's like shoots rounds. The guy's like, oh shit, he's shooting at me. Yeah. <laughs> he like, gets out, runs the fuck away. Well, the, the, like, oh, kind of like you see him like get in, look in, like, oh fuck. The, <laughs> runs around. The thing with Officer Caparelli is one of the things I watched on YouTube was uh, from a History Channel thing. And he said, as soon as I saw that he had a Beretta and not an AK anymore, he's like, okay, now it's a fair fight. And I'm like, to have a fucking sense of humor about this bullshit while you're doing it is crazy to be like, eh, okay, now we'll fucking do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but sometimes you have to make jokes because in the end, they died. All the cops are still alive. Yep. Mm-hmm. Civilians were okay. Some, you know, there's obviously the PTSD and the yeah. trauma from all that and everything yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. But in the end, this is actually the best outcome that could happen. Yeah, this is this is literally the best case scenario that could have happened here. You're absolutely right. Very well done, sir. <laughs> Do you guys have anything else you want to add to it? Uh, no way, man. That's that's whoever's up next better step up their game because I hope it's not me. I mean, that's uh, that's pretty. It's it's a pretty intense freaking this thing just to happen, you know, where just two crazy fuckers just going at it. And and like I said, it took us an hour and a half to cover a 44-minute fucking exchange of gunfire. Mm-hmm. Because there were so many moving parts and so much so much stuff going on that, like, it had to take this long. And you the know? thing is, was they had so many outs they could have taken yep. to get out of there. Yep. It, they, they just didn't do them. They didn't no. take them. Like I said, I I don't think Larry Phillips is in this just for money. I think he wanted to kill cops. I think that's why he, he wanted probably the took recognition so too. Exactly. That way, if they did get away, be like, oh, there's this one guy that got away, and this is what he did. Mm-hmm. But the the direct effect that this had was oh the police now getting standard issue. They're they're given an AR-15. Mm-hmm. They're given better body armor. Um, they're they're given they're given better body armor. Um, larger police departments are now given are now well they're not given but they buy um, almost military grade vehicles that are more bullet resistant than a cruiser is for shitty situations like this because if they had had if these first two cops had showed up had called this in and said we got a fucking problem and they had sent an armored vehicle in there with like a six man SWAT team these assholes never would have made it out of the bank they would have been fucking dead in the lobby True. And it would have been a lot fucking quicker, especially if SWAT could have gotten there faster. They still would have been ended faster than this. That's still kind of amazing to me that it took them so long to get yeah. there. Because in like realistically, you're thinking like, well, shouldn't you guys move? Shouldn't civilians move out of the way? You see this? I don't care. Yeah. Push them out of the way. Do whatever you got to do to get there. Because I'm not blaming SWAT. I'm not blaming anybody no. for it. It's, it's just, just it's a shitty situation. And that is literally the worst possible thing that could happen. Yep. But for as many shitty things that happened in this whole thing, it did have a semi-happy ending. You like know? I said, the, that, yeah. The two assholes died, and all these police officers and civilians that were injured all recovered. A lot of them returned to work. Some of them didn't go back, but a lot of the younger guys were like, okay, well, screw it. I'm going back to work. Yeah. yeah. You know? It's... But yeah, I think that's going to do it for this one. Yeah, great job. I mean, that was, <laughs> that was awesome. Good job, man. Thanks. Knocked yeah. it into the stratosphere, Jesus. bruh. So, yeah, if you want to hear more stuff like this, uh, you know, just check us out. We're on... Uh, We're on some new new places yeah. to get your podcast goodness. Yeah. 
a lot of places. iTunes. Podcast po- Addict. Podcast Addict. That's where I am. Uh, let's see. Stitcher. iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio. The other cool thing is if you go to megaphone.fm, you can actually listen to us directly on the website that we upload to, which is really yep. fucking cool. You know, I actually did that the other day just to see how it works, and I, I liked it a lot. Yeah, I, I listened to a little bit of it. Uh, I didn't because I'm lazy. <laughs> and uh, if you want to uh, drop us a line, uh, mm. we, we can reach us at, uh, g- on Gmail. Our account is darkwindowspod at gmail.com. At gmail.com. Yep. Or you can uh, look us up on Facebook by just putting in darkwindowspod. Yep, we're the only ones. Only ones. Um Instagram, Dark Windows Pod. Send us some love. What's your mail. Instagram? My Instagram is Speedy802. I'm at KCarlton87. So K C A R L E T O N 87. Seth, Yo. Instagram. Broadstone underscore creations. That yeah. way you can see my sweet hobby holder work. Yeah. yeah. It hey, is sweet. Write a sweet review. Hell yeah. Let us know you wrote a sweet review through the emails, and that way we can start reading some awesome reviews. We want to read emails from everybody. That'd be fucking excellent. I want to start reading reviews because we have, I know we have some amazing fans. We have Miss Ren, we have Murray, we have Poovy, we have Kino. Who else do we have? Ray. Ray, Ray the man. I'm going to get a list of everybody that's on the Facebook page, and we are going to do shout outs. We have Sam. We we have like over, we have around 110 people on the Facebook page. You know what we should do? I'm going to say right now. We got to pick a day and have an episode that is a thank you fans. What uh? What episode are we at right now? Like what number? This one think? is twenty eight, I believe. When we hit fifty, or a hundred, whatever you decide, we're gonna have listener questions. Boom! I'm making an executive decision. They have to email, text us, whatever. We, we can do questions. Facebook Live too. I don't know where what that can, means. Where they can just ask us questions right through Facebook and sure. we can uh, read them back. Sure, That'd be magic, sweet. Yeah. But I'm saying right now, rate review, email us. Because we're also part of a sweet network now, folks. So Hell yeah, we are. We need to show that we're badasses, that we know we is. Yeah, We are with The Age of Radio, and they've got a lot of other really great shows on there, like uh, uh, Color Me Dead, True Crime, uh, True Crime Trucker. Um, Greatest name ever. It's fucking awesome. He's actually really cool to it. Like he, uh, he does a lot of stuff on the, the Color Me Dead page. He's a funny shit. Uh, they, they've got all kinds of great stuff on there. Go check them out. It's, uh, if you go to... Uh, I don't know. I don't know where to go for it. I think if you go on megaphone.fm, you can find them. Um, check them out on Facebook. You can find most of their shows through there too, which is excellent. Yep. And, and uh, only another way you can get, get in touch with us is uh, via Twitter. Uh, you can go on to Dark Windows Pod and find us there too. I forget Drop we have Twitter. It's mostly, it's mostly just me. I forget we have Twitter, Kevin honestly. H, you know, because you know, I don't know how to fucking run it because I'm an idiot. It's okay. <laughs> and, uh, That's why I'm only on Instagram, bro. I can do the Facebooks pretty good. Yeah, Twitter's not bad. I got the Instagrams, well, my own personal one. Um, also, uh, if you want to listen to the, uh, you know, some of those uh, great podcasts and us, and especially not let, us, especially us, and not <laughs> let anybody hear it, we don't want to share our fans. You want to be polite <laughs> with around other people? Go check out studio.com. Check out our sweet headphones they have, or or earbuds. They have a couple different variations of those, and uh, go at discount after you've. Uh, Go put to discount. Your, go to go to checkout and then put in the yes. promo code. Did I say go to discount? Go to discount. Go to put discount. in the checkout code. Yeah, that thing. <laughs> no. What's the checkout code? Uh, checkout. Six. Bro. You don't know Niner. what that is. So anyway, if you put in 
dark windows at checkout, you get 15% off. Yeah. Speaking of wanting to be polite to people, you can also go over to GameEnvy.net, and I'll let Seth talk about that a bit real quick. Because they, they want to give you some money off too, right? Hell yeah. Not only that, they want to help support the hobby addicts out there like myself that have to buy those little plastic miniatures. How about hobbyists? I like that one. Hobbyist works. Hobbyist yeah. is good. Yeah, because they're, you can actually put other things on the hobby holder other than just miniatures. As long as it fits on a soda cap. <laughs> no, even then, they, they have uh, new Oh, wait, mods. the bigger ones, right? Yeah, buddy. Yeah, there we go. The crew over there are constantly developing and creating new things. What they're talking about, folks, is Game Envy Creations. You head over to their site, GameEnvy.net, and guess what? You find yourself some sweet hobby-related tools and little utensils. And you find a hobby holder in the colors that you like. Because, yes, folks, they come in multiple colors. Not just plain boring ones. Variety. Spice of life. Yeah. And then you put in that sweet promo code of Barobstone at checkout. And you'll save yourself $2 off each hobby holder. Bam! That's how we do, folks. We bring it to you live. We bring it to you with love. Most importantly, kisses. <laughs> Just remember, just because you can't see out into the dark doesn't mean that the dark can't see into you. Like I said, love you, babies. Kisses. Until next time. Goodbye. <laughs>